Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Supercoast 365, we're back to talk everything heading into round 16. Origin is done and dusted. Well, at least the series has been wrapped up by the New South Wales Blues, so all of the attention turns to the NRL this weekend. Ryan Selvage and Tommy Hudson again with you. Tommy, down the line. Uh, mate, how are you? What did you make of Origin last weekend? Yeah, well, good day, Ryan. Uh, it was a good game, as in one-way traffic if you're a Blues fan. Um, obviously, my heart was happy to see it, but... As I said last week, I was kind of keen on Queensland at least to keep it a bit closer. And they did keep it closer, but still 26-0 is a big margin in origin and all my bets lost. So I wasn't too happy about that, but I just completely got it wrong. New South Wales, I probably underrated them. I didn't think they could do it again, how how well they played in game one, but they did that and probably, probably played better, to be honest. I guess some of the biggest talking points to come out of the game, not so much uh, the result, because... We kind of anticipated that, or at least a lot of people did. But the injuries to follow, or the, or the non-injuries to follow, uh, Nathan Cleary, though, I guess the biggest news of the weekend uh, out of that game, and he's set to miss four to six weeks. So super coaches are holding their breath or they're panicking, but uh, they have to make a decision one way or the other. Will they hold Nathan? Will they not? Um, but big news on that front because he was arguably the best player in Supercoach this year, Tommy Turbo aside. Yeah, well, he was first picked for a lot of people at the start of the year and because of just how far ahead he was in the halfback category, he's just clearly the best halfback in the game on Supercoach and in real life, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, massive loss now. I think I think I know what we're both doing around him and I think a lot of people will do the same, but it is a kind of tricky one. He's three to six weeks. It's a bit of a, a broad spectrum there, so we'll have to wait and see how he goes. Yeah, we will uh, get into our trades in full a little bit later. Uh, of course, the Super Trade Week this week, five trades at our disposal. So it's almost like the Super Coach gods knew that this was the week, if Nathan Cleary was going to get injured, uh, this would have been the week that we would have not accepted it, but it's less of a blow maybe than in other weeks uh, either side of round 16. Uh, when I said non-injuries, of course, uh, referring to Tommy Turbo, you just 
We, I know. I just said their super coach is holding their breath. Every time Tommy goes out, I hold my breath because he is just such a force and he proved that in round 15 against the Titans, again against the Maroons uh, up there at Suncorp in Origin 2. Uh, he picked up a little niggle but uh, got on with the job and finished the game off strong and uh, surprisingly, perhaps, uh, his name to take on the Bulldogs this weekend. Uh, I was maybe thinking Des would give him a rest this weekend but his name there in the jersey number one uh, and again, he's just that clear pick at that fullback slot. Yeah, I think he's a must-have player. I think we've said that a few times over the past probably six to eight weeks. And like you, I was quite surprised he was actually named because I think there was talk he was injured. But then, and they're also playing the dogs, so you wouldn't really think he has to play. But good on Des picking him because it helps all the super coaches out. And uh, he'll obviously be a popular captain option on the weekend. Yes, uh Particularly with Cleary gone now, you'd think that Tommy would just about be captained by everyone or at least um, those playing it safe. Speaking of fullbacks, though, some news through across the Origin weekend. Uh, and again, yesterday when the teams were named, we record this on Wednesday night, Brian Pappenhausen isn't due back until at least round 18, maybe even as late as round 20. So uh, again, a decision to make for coaches there around Nico Hines. Uh, and some good news, though, particularly for the Maroons as well as the Knights, is Kalen Ponger is set to return this weekend against the Cowboys. So... Uh, we speak of making that decision at that backup fullback slot behind Tommy. Who are we going to run uh, towards the back end of the season? Uh, some hot contenders coming back into this field now. Um, Origin behind us. Uh, we're going to have to make a couple of decisions here. Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously Turbo takes on one of the slots at fullback, but the other one is it's really up for grabs and there's some hot options there. Pappenhausen coming back. I think for Nico Hines, that means he's a sell. I don't think, even if he's playing in the centres, I'm not really not sure what Bellamy's going to do with Hines once Paps is back, but even if it was in the centres, I don't think you can justify probably 830k for a centre sort of thing. So I think I'll have to be selling him when Paps is back. As for Ponga, he's probably a good option. He's been out for a while, but I think his scores speak for themselves. He seems to come back pretty fit every time he comes back from an injury, which is quite often, it seems. Uh, Obviously, other names, Teddy and Luttrell, but uh, I'll get into my trades a bit later and let you know where I've gone there. Yeah, just on Ponga, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because he has put together a couple of scores uh, already this season, uh, two scores over 100 and and a big score there of 160 upwards against the Sharks uh, in round six, uh, again, 100 against the Raiders in round nine. So he does have that, that potential to go big and it's what you need at that position as well. Again, just as much as there's concern over players getting injured, Ponga's re-injury rate has been something of concern already throughout his uh, relatively short career. Um, That's about it in terms of our our whip around or our wrap up to start this podcast. But before we dive into the talking points here via our Instagram, I think it's important before we do to just recap of where we are ranked heading into round 16 at the end of 15 rounds. Uh, Tommy, head us off, mate. Where are we placed heading into uh, the back end of the season? Well, a little bit disappointing the last few weeks. As I mentioned last week, I'm down to the top 6%. Uh, round 15, I actually scored 1,500, which any other year is a great score. But this year, it's only top 13%. So uh, building towards the back end of the year and the trades this week are going to be super important to try and boost my ranking. Yeah, something I said to you uh, before we went to air tonight is that, you know, as much as Cleary's injury might be seen as... Uh, a negative for super coaches. Those who don't have him or those who need to make up a bit of ground on the top, uh, you know, top one, two, three, four, five, six percent, whatever it is that you're chasing, um, it's a real opportunity to find a pod and to make this super trade weekend really, really count. 
uh, if he can strike up some gold. Uh, won't uh, harp on too long here, but Tommy Turbo really um, pushed my score up in round 15. Top 1% at the end of 15 rounds, uh, 19,096 points in the bank already. Season rank of 1949. Uh, let's hope we can improve on that this weekend. And here's a little bit of advice coming through uh, to you guys who are listening, tuning in from afar via our Instagram DMs. Talking points, we love this, Tommy. We do it. Uh, via our Instagram every Tuesday. Uh, follow us at Supercoach365. The big question of the week without question is, are we selling Cleary? And if yes, then who? Tommy, don't answer the first part of that question. We'll save that for later if we're selling Cleary or not. But if people are selling Cleary, uh, who's the next best option or options that we could be looking uh, to fill that void at the halfback slot? Uh, well, two jumped out immediately to me, those being Sean Johnson and uh, Jerome Hughes. Uh Johnson now with his future settled and he's been playing pretty good footy but his future settled now everyone's talking about the run home Cronulla have and it's pretty light on he kicks goals I think he ticks a lot of boxes he's reasonably priced just 500k I think he's a pretty good option about half the price of Cleary so free up a lot of money for you and only about 100k more expensive is Hughes playing in a team which is just flying pretty much every week you can guarantee he's gonna at least have a decent influence on a game so uh look one of those two for me uh what about you mate yeah definitely i've got those two on the list here another one uh i like and a real big pot i think is cody nicarima um interesting to see what happens in terms of the goal kicking there at the warriors with uh, chad townsend coming on board of course we forgot to mention that in our little whip around but that might take some points away from nicarima if it doesn't though uh, the Warriors have a really, really good run home, and I don't think that's been spoken of enough. Uh, they do play round 17, importantly, and he is a Kiwi, so he's not going to be in that Queensland squad. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, rounds 22, they take on the Bulldogs. Then they have the Broncos. Rounds 24 uh, against the Raiders, and then they finish off the season against the Gold Coast Titans. So you expect a couple of points or plenty of points to be scored in those fixtures. Uh, and if he's kicking goals, I think he can certainly maintain that average of uh, 70 or thereabouts. And of course, Daly Cherry Evans, I guess, is the next best. Uh, he won't play around 17. Uh, slight knock on him compared to SJ and Nicarima. But um, Cherry Evans, as long as he's got Tom Travojevic fit in that team, he's always a chance of doing something. Although Ruben Garrick's kicking the goals this year. So, again, probably another knock on DC. Yeah, you can't knock DC, I guess, a little bit. But I still think he's the clear next option. Nicarima, he's been a bit of a surprise packet this year. Uh, he's playing really well, you have to be honest. And the way uh, you explained the Warriors' fixtures there... You couldn't really knock anyone for picking you up either. So there's four really good options there, and perhaps it does strengthen the case to sell Cleary. Yeah, we'll get into which one of those or a couple of those that we might have landed on in our trades towards the end of this podcast, so stay tuned. Uh, next up, Pat Sowerby uh, and League Nation. We're going to combine two questions here because they kind of go hand in hand, I think. Uh, Patty says, is Luciano Leilua a sell? And League Nation asks, when are we getting in David Fafita? Well, if we are planning to, that is. Uh, at this point... Personally, I don't think Luciano's a sell quite yet. I know he's had two bad weeks, um, and that's kind of coincided with uh, the Tigers doing not too much. But overall, I mean, he's still a 62-point average, 2RF. Um, he's really the main focal point in that Tigers attack. Uh, it is very limited, that attack, but he is main strike weapon uh, on that left side there. Other than that, though, David Fafita, he does have a relatively high break-even, Tommy, but you would think still that he is a place for him in this team at some stage towards the finals. Yeah, I think Fafita, just going off his scores, even in losing efforts, he still scores pretty big. So 
I'd be pretty keen to get Fafita in for the run home. Obviously, he'll miss the buy round, but um, after that, it's pretty smooth sailing for him. As for Luciano, I'm on a bit on the fence with him. I do own him, and I'll let you know what I do later in the in the podcast. But look, if you can get past Souths and then not paying not playing the buy, he does have a pretty good run of fixtures. Broncos, Manly, Warriors, Dogs, Cowboys. There's a few decent games there for the Tigers. Um, he's not setting the world on fire, probably because the Tigers aren't. But but like you said, he can do a job. And uh, at the price range, he's not a bad uh, option. Yeah, just on Fafita, before we wrap this one up, I think if you are looking to play him, I wouldn't do it until at least round 19. Uh, get through Origin, see if he comes through unscathed. Uh, round 18, he might not back up. Um, they do have a tough game that week as well. But then from 19 onwards, it does look a pretty handy enough draw. Uh, two tough fixtures in rounds 22 and 23 against the Rabbitohs and Storm respectively. But as you say there, Tommy, even in a badly beaten team, against the Seagulls, uh, across for a try. And much like Leilua on that left side, uh, Fafita really is that super coach whiz on that left side for the Titans. Uh, let's move this on. The next question here is from Alex Brigo. says, Benny Turbo or Joseph Suwali as a cheapie to play round 17? Uh, I'm holding Suwali through this week of super trades uh, with round 17 in mind. I don't own Benny Turbo, but Tommy, you can probably speak to this one. If you had to pick one or the other, uh, which way would you lean? Uh, look, I actually own both, so got a bit of a foot in both camps, but I'd probably say Suwali is the option there, only because I'm pretty much certain he will play uh, with Teddy being out. I think that almost certainly opens a spot for him in the back line. And they're playing the Dogs in round 17. So I think that's a bit of a free hit for Suwali, and I'd be going with him. Blake Penton asks pretty briefly here, Gagai or Garrick? Uh, again, you got to keep one eye on round 17 just as much as you do rounds 18 to 25. Uh, me personally, I think it's an easy answer, or you know, despite the price of Garrick, I'd be going with him. Plays round 17, which is big. Uh, Gagai won't, even though the Souths do. Gagai will be in the Queensland camp, you'd imagine. Uh, and then again, he's just kicking goals and outside Tommy Turbo scoring tries. I think Garrick's just a clear winner. Does, even though you know that considered Gagai's form has been incredible, um, but one versus the other, I'd be leaning towards Garrick. Uh, yeah, look, if you don't own either, probably like you're saying, Garrick is the go with the goal kicking and the form of Manly and playing round 17 is a huge one, but uh, I already own Gagai and I don't own Garrick. I'm probably not going to switch the two I'm probably happy to keep Gagway out to the end of the years last two scores over 100 so uh yeah either way there for me yeah I think Garrick's been really good ever since Tommy Turbo came back and that's uh, no real surprise there uh that just about wraps us up one more here through via the Williams 11 says uh Gutho to Latrell um obviously we spoke about the importance of getting that fullback position right Tommy uh behind Tommy Turbo Gutho to Latrell Gutho's been in great form, but Latrell, what he showed in origin, um, I think he's ready for a big run home. So if you had to pick one or the other again, uh, personally, I'm not leaning towards either of these two, uh, and I won't be considering them, but couldn't blame anyone if they did. Look, I love uh, Latrell as an option at the moment. Uh, I think he he started the season in great form. He was great in origin. He's down to a pretty good price in Supercoach terms. And I think Souths are going to make a big run at the finals. I really do. I think... Uh, Bennett will have him primed going into September and Latrell will be a big part of that and I think he's just a great option to have a Supercoach. Yeah, well, we saw that last year, didn't we, with Souths um, heading towards the finals and unfortunately for them, what really you know cut short their premiership run was Latrell's injury. So if Origin's anything to go by, then most certainly uh, Latrell and the Rabbitohs will be firing 
uh, towards the back end of the year. I did say we're going to wrap this up, but I found one more here. Mitch Musket asks, pod options at the CTW slot. Corey Thompson, I'm thinking, or am I relying too heavily on his attacking stats? Of course, Corey Thompson, he lit up the Supercoach world, was nearly a must-have to start the year before getting injured. But uh, Corey Thompson, Tommy, easy to reliant on attacking stats. He would be a pot at that CTW slot and maybe even a forgotten name uh, midway through the season. Yeah, he's a good, good to see him back. Uh, he was funny because... Like you say, I thought he was probably too reliant on attacking stats, but he just kept getting the attacking stats every week. So it was hard to almost say no to him. Uh, as for other pods, I really do struggle with the with the backs. In all honesty, I've got Bailey Simmonson there. He's going better since going to fullback. But look, oh, I don't, I don't know. I really, I really do struggle with this. I've got Josh Morris as well because he's playing around 17. But other than that, it's probably the big guns of Toho, Hines, and Gagai uh, that I've got there as well. Yeah, playing outside of, I guess, the obvious ones there that you say. Uh, Jesse Ramian may be another one um, coming into his own. Obviously better for Sean Johnson being back and has a handy enough base. I think he's around 33, 34 base on average. Uh, and Jesse Ramian does play round 17 with the Sharks as well against the Warriors. So uh, could make a case for including Jesse in the team here. And last one here before we wrap this up. This is through from Blake Moore and just the perennial uh, just lives in these inboxes and this is a fair point here and probably one eye on super coach but also one eye on punting for our friends at topsport.com.au he says help me out here lads uh, we saw this happen last year we are back to no crowds my prediction is you're going to see the average teams lose by some big and bigger margins this weekend uh, not a lot to play for once the heads go down no motivation from the crowd Good teams are just going too, are way too good at the moment. They're too clinical, too dominant. Uh, expecting a few 13-plus and a few 30-plus multis this weekend. We could even see the first 51-plus game of the year. Tommy, you've been keeping an eye on this, uh, these big margins. Uh, you'd probably know the figure off the top of your head about how many games we've played without that 51-plus margin coming through. Is this the weekend, do you think, that we see it? Yeah, well, amazingly, 118 games this year, including Origin, and no 51-pluses yet. And given the, I guess, the intense scrutiny on the blowouts and the new rules and head knocks, whatever, it still hasn't been a 51-plus, which is quite amazing. Uh, to Blake's point, you could look at it like that. Once the bad team gets behind, they might just give up even easier. But you could also look at it as once a good team gets ahead... If there's no crowd, really, they might just clock off and not really care too much. The intensity of the game might be low, but look, I don't know. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> yeah, and this is something that we said in the uh, the start of the season, didn't we? Particularly around Parramatta playing out of Bank West. We ran the numbers, and I think they were at least a 12 points per game better team in attack, that is, with the crowd there in 2019 versus the no crowd in 2020. So can work both ways for good teams and the bad Let's get into round 16, though, and uh, we will skim over this very quickly, but uh, we will touch on the key points from each game. Of course, the round kicks off uh, tomorrow night as we record this, but for our listeners, tonight on Thursday night, the Storm and the Roosters kick us off. This one in front of, I think it's a limited crowds, maybe no crowds there. This one moved from the cricket ground to McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. So a neutral venue here, the Roosters, the home team. Uh, they welcome back Sam Walker from injury. So to Satili Tupanua. And uh, for the Storm, some big names in uh, back up front. Jesse Bromwich returns. Christian Welch backs up from origin. Kenny Bromwich back as well. So uh, the engine room, it's restocked here for the Storm. Yep, they look very hot. And uh, every time the Roosters are come up against a big team this year, they've folded pretty easily. So you'd be on the Storm, but... 
Paps out still. Nico Hines, we still keep him because of that. Uh, Brandon Smith gets a good run at nine with Harry Grant out. So owners of them, who is me, would be very happy with that. Uh, and for the Roosters, Sam Walker, it, it seems like an eternity ago we were possibly going to hold him for the whole year but uh, I was anyway but yeah he seems to have fallen away a little bit he started off so well but maybe uh first graders found him out a little bit he's still a great young player but maybe not the absolute freak we thought two weeks into his career Sam Walker is probably the forgotten name uh when we speak of selling Cleary and finding a replacement um obviously had that dream run to start scored two uh well posted two scores above 80 uh, a couple of scores over 100 as well uh, two scores over 60 to go with it. So uh, after his, I think he's played something like seven, eights, maybe nine games this season. He's averaged 73. Of course, his last outing against the Titans, he was the match winner. Uh, a real forgotten name at this halfback slot. Still kicking goals as well in a good team. So um, you could almost make a case for getting Sam Walker back. Uh, I won't be though. Um, but I, I could forgive those who would. Uh, you'd expect the Storm to get the job done there, and it'd be uh, funny to see, or not funny, but interesting to see if they can continue this streak of uh, winning margins by 13 plus. They are a dollar 29 favourites, and the line is minus 12. They're giving away to the Roosters with topsport.com.au. Next up on Friday night, the Warriors and the Dragons at Central Coast again. Uh, some COVID restrictions around crowd attendance on this one. And Chad Townsend, the big name here on the team list for the Warriors. He's in jersey number seven. Of course, uh, Sean O'Sullivan was shocking last time out for the Warriors. For the Dragons, though, uh, still no Zach Lomax on this team list, which means Corey Norman, the smoky of my supercoach season, retains the goal kicking. Yeah, uh Zach Lomax out is really killing me from a draft point of view. He's one of my first picked in the draft, and he's been out for, I think, almost eight games now with a thumb injury, so it's been pretty disappointing. But, yeah, like you said, Cody, Corey Norman stepping in, kicking goals, scoring some decent points. Matt Dufty's a big in for them. Uh, for the Warriors, Tuovasa-Shek back to fullback with Walsh out. I was thinking of Tuovasa-Shek as a potential pod fullback, but then you just don't know where he's going to play with uh, the presence of Walsh often in the one jersey pushing Roger to the wing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you entirely on that. Um, really liked Roger as a pod option at fullback running downhill into the finals. I think the, the signing of Townsend really eliminates that for me, though. Uh, means Walsh won't be playing in the halves. You wouldn't think so unless there's an injury there. But even then, Nick Arima, uh will probably partner with Harris Tevita if there is another injury, or Townsend at least would partner with uh, Harris Tevita if that was to be the case. So, um, yeah, an even game we're expecting here. Uh, the line just two and a half. The Dragons get it. Um, but that said, the Dragons, although they were pretty impressive last time out, they came from behind to beat the Raiders, and Corey Norman played a key role in that. Uh, some names backing up from Origin as well, uh, of course, McCulloch and Hunt and Tarek Sims as well. Just how good was Tarek Sims for the Blues? Yeah, 100%. He probably... Not the odd man out when the teams were picked, but you probably didn't expect him to be in the team, Tarek Sims. But yeah, he's he's just an origin player. He's got that aggression. He's got that intensity and he stands up every time. Uh, just as Tad Townsend comes in, of course, it would be remiss not to say that Dallin with Tenny Zalesniak makes his first start for the Warriors as well. Uh, moving on, though, next game on Friday night, of course, is uh, the Battle of the West. It had all the, the makings of uh, a top-billing game here, but Nathan Cleary, of course, won't play. Uh, that, of course, sees Luai move to seven, Burton into the six. I think Stephen Crichton is the massive winner. Um, we spoke of pods at CTW. 
I think he's the big winner of this Cleary injury. Uh, back on that left side, which of course we saw with Burton uh, and Crichton himself last year, just how lethal uh, whoever it is in that position is scoring tries almost every week. Uh, he will kick the goals as well, I think, with Cleary not there. So Steph Crichton, for mine, is one of the real massive pods heading into this uh, back half of the year. Yeah, it's, I think you're right there. Going back to the hot left side is good. Surpri- well, not surprising, but no, uh, Ivan Cleary had often opted to play Crichton at one instead of Staines in the earlier part of the year when Ed- Edwards was out. But this week he's gone Staines at one. So I think Staines has been touted as a fullback by some. So it'll be interesting to watch him there on Friday night. Uh, the, I think the Eels are a chance here though. No crowd, no Cleary. I think they'll be up for this game power to try and prove a point that they can match it with the the big boys of the comp. And um, interesting to see Blake Ferguson still can't get a run in the back line. Hayes Dunster holding him. Yeah, in. I read somewhere during the week, I think that he's been shipped... Uh, they're trying to ship him off as soon as uh, this weekend, maybe even next weekend. They're paying him $100,000 to leave. That is Blake Ferguson. So, yeah, I don't think he's a, I don't think he will return to this team. I could be wrong, but um, obviously they opted for Sean Russell last time out uh, with Maker Sevo suspended. Sevo comes back and still uh, Dunster retains his place on that right wing. So it's hard to see Ferguson getting back into this team. Still no Reid Marnie. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i and Ryan Madison, the uh, all-conquering second row, except maybe it's not the case for Madison this year, Tommy. He was really, really disappointing uh, last time out against, I think it was the Bulldogs. Um, he played, he scored a try, and came off early, only played 59 minutes, and they only scored 56 points. So what are we doing with Ryan Madison heading into the back half of the year? Uh, without giving too much away, I think he won't be in my team. Uh, five, Four out of his last five scores have been really disappointing, three of them below 50, and one of them that was above 50 included a try, like you just mentioned. So, look, not not going too well. He's a partner in the second row, though. Papali, he's just... Honestly, a freak. I think I go on about him every week, but it just deserves it. His performance last time, just watching him on TV, just incredible the amount of metres he makes and the amount of tackle busts he does as well. Yeah, he gets through plenty of work, uh, has a phenomenal uh, base levels, uh, upwards of 50, I think, from memory, and uh, no signs of slowing down. Isaiah Papali'i, uh, almost a must-have in this run home to the finals, you'd think. Uh, next game of the weekend, the Bulldogs and the Seagulls. Tommy Turbo, as we said, he will back up. That means Manly are very, very hot favourites here. A dollar and nine, giving away twenty-four and a half start to the doggies who just can't buy a win. They can try their asses out, but they just can't get the two points uh, for the doggies. Some team news, uh, plenty of ins on this NRL.com team news, but the big in, I guess, is Kyle Flanagan makes his return. Uh, for the Sea Eagles, again, uh, the big names are there. And Cade Cust is back as well. Moses Suley included on the extended reserve. So maybe a chance of uh, some game day shenanigans from Dez. Yeah, perhaps it wouldn't be the first time for him to pull something like that. But I think all eyes here will just be on Tommy Turbo. Everyone will at least have him captain or vice captain and uh, be expecting probably triple figures at least, you'd think, given his form. Uh for the dogs, there's a lot of names you've never heard of, really. Falakiko Manu, Bailey Biondo Odo, Chris Patolo. I don't know. If you've got any intel on those guys, maybe pick them up and hope for the best. The Raiders and the Titans on Saturday afternoon. Jeez, uh, two sides that have really probably been below their expectations at the start of the year, at least. And this could be a really important game uh, as these teams scrap towards a top eight finish, Tommy. It's almost a four-pointer in the old... Uh, soccer terms, the six-point games where you saw these two sides fighting out uh, for the same position on the table. Uh, the Raiders, they really have to show something this weekend. Yeah, I think you can hit the nail on the head there at the start of uh, the preview for this game. 
both teams really just been disappointing. Everyone thought Raiders would be top four, top eight chance. They'll really struggle to make the finals. And the Titans were everyone's surprise packet. And they've they've really been ordinary, to be honest. A couple of good games at the start of the year, but they're averaging 36 points against the last 10 weeks. And that's just absolutely ridiculous numbers. So hopefully Canberra can put on some points this week. But uh, honestly, I don't know. That considered, though, uh, and, it's, and it's very good that you bring that up because Jared Croker, of course, comes back for the Raiders. So... Uh, again, pods at that CTW slot. Not that Jared's probably anywhere near his career best form, but kicking goals, you'd imagine him to be this weekend against the Titans who are giving up four tries before they even get off the bus. Um, yeah, it could be a chance to, I guess, find a little bit of value there, particularly in draft leagues maybe as well, if you are sniffing around the waivers. Uh, Brimson is back in that number one jersey for the Titans. Uh, and Greg Marju, the supercoach cheapie, is out. So that sees Philip Sami return to the wing with Corey Thompson, who's back. The Raiders, though, they will start favourites $1.44 to $2.85. They give away six and a half start on topsport.com.au. Next up, we've got the Knights and the Cowboys. This one again at McDonald Jones Stadium, uh, Saturday night. This one, Ponga back, the big name. Uh, of course, and the Cowboys, they'll be without their coach who's in two-week isolation, Tommy. Yeah, another casualty of the uh, COVID scare. i tell you what, last week, what a bad weekend to get locked down again with no footy on or only one game on Sunday. It was a boring weekend, that's for sure. But uh, the Ponga is probably the talking point here. Hopefully, he actually does play. He's been named a few times during this injury run and then withdrawn in the day or two prior. But hopefully, he actually plays this week. Another name in the in the Cowboys team, which we barely mentioned this year, usually one of the biggest names on Supercoach, Jason Samalolo. Just been monitoring him a little bit and really hasn't been a good year at all. I know at the start, Todd Payton gave him a bit of a rev up, but geez, his minutes are down. He's battling to get over 50 points and he was averaging over 70 the past three seasons uh, and just 52 this year. Could this be the week? No coach on there to... to keep him under or on a leash. Is this the week where Jason Tamalolo steps up? Remember when you used to have the substitute teacher at school and you just muck up a bit or, or you just do something a little bit silly? Is this the week where Jason Tamalolo just comes out and plays his own natural style and just really rams it home to the coach? He'll be watching on in isolation. Well, you'd love to see it, honestly. I, it's just a strange turn of events, really. He's gone from this barnstorming runner of the football to someone who's kind of just used sparingly. I, I don't understand it. He's their best player by a country mile. I don't get why he's not used more often. Yeah, it's almost like the Buddy Franklin scenario at uh, at the Swans. I think they're probably trying to be a little bit uh, cautious, maybe too cautious with managing through this 10-year deal. But, um, yeah, far from his best, Jason Tamalolo. And uh, really, he'd be really, really disappointed if you picked him up in a draft league to start the year because obviously he would have had high expectations uh, and much like Ryan Madison, maybe uh, just not delivering on those. Sunday afternoon footy, uh, rarely do we see the Broncos on a Sunday, but we do this weekend against the Sharks. Uh, a dry track up there at Suncorp. We're expecting plenty of points in this one. The Broncos, uh, they have been pretty awful. Uh, they were again last week as well. Uh, the Sharks, again, uh, not too much to speak of here in terms of ins, but some big names back for the Broncos. Gamble and Croft in the halves. Corey Oates returns on the wing as well. So uh, Broncos just continue to chop and change. They do here. And Katoni Staggs, an even bigger name back for them in the centres this weekend. Yep, finally the return of Staggs are probably the Broncos' most talented player, you'd have to say, and good to finally see him get a run. Uh, but, geez, they just they change their team every week. Corey Oates... 
is apparently good enough for first grade this week. Brody Croft is apparently good enough for first grade this week. I don't know what they're... I don't think they have a plan, Brisbane. I know they signed Ben Eichen last week as their head of football, so hopefully that gives them some strength in the next couple of years. But yeah, Cronulla look a lot more settled, and I think a lot of their players, they're just playing really well. Sean Johnson and Moylan look like they're in red-hot form together, and uh, their four-pack's also going pretty well despite being on the other side of 30. So put me down for Cronulla. We mentioned Corey Norman before finding some of his best footy in the last few weeks. Is there a chance, and I think there really is, of Aaron Woods really stepping up and and guiding this Sharks team to a final series? We've seen him at times be captain and lead this Sharks team in uh, the absence of Wade Graham. Again, he'll have to do that this weekend. And playing for a contract is Aaron Woods. Uh, You mentioned some other names there off contract as well. Sean Johnson, I think he's in the same boat. Of course, he signed with the Warriors, but uh, he was off contract up until last weekend. And this is a real statement game. It could be for the Sharks to really announce themselves as... Finals players at least. I think it has to be. I don't think they can go up there and, you know, just bumble their way to a victory or even lose the game. They just need to uh, keep going the way they're going. And it's a bit of a dad's army up there, like you just said. Woods, he can stand up on his day. Woods and Tolman, they're both, you know, they would have been a gun forward pack in 2012, but they're actually going pretty well in 2021. So, And then Johnson and Moylan also. Chambers even playing a bit better. So, yeah, I actually quite like Cronulla at the moment and it'll be interesting to see how they go leading into the final. Two interesting uh, players here in jersey number 12 for both teams. Sifa Talakai, of course, uh, would have been a popular pickup last week or uh, round 15 uh, because of his dual position eligibility. can play in the CTW slot and I think he was very disappointing. Uh, gets a chance to show his worth this week. And TC Rabadi, who wears the number 12 at least for the next three or four weeks with Pangai. Uh, suspended and he could be on the move to the Tigers still. We'll wait and see that one. But uh, the battle of the number 12s could be decisive for a couple of super coaches uh, in classic but also in draft um, heading into the back end of the year. The Sharks' firm favourites here at $1.38. The line only 8.5. I think that's a little bit skinny uh, given the fact that the over-unders is 53.5. So uh, take all those things into consideration Sunday afternoon. I can't see the Sharks losing by, or not winning by, at least nine points in that one. Last game of the round, expecting a couple of points in this one as well. The West Tigers up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, the Rabbitohs held the Broncos to nil uh, last time out. 46 nil that one was. And uh, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, Alex Johnson, Latrell Mitchell, they're just finding their groove here, Tommy, uh, heading into the final series. Yeah, well, I know it doesn't work like this, but if you look at both these teams' last game, South won, I think, 46-0. Tigers lost 66-16. Jeez, um, I know it's probably not going to happen, but, jeez, it could be a, a bloodbath. But having said that, last time these two teams played, it went it was almost a draw. So, uh Look, who knows, really? But uh, South look pretty hot on paper, and uh, you'd be a brave man not to tip him. Latrell looks prime for a big game, as does Cody Walker. Yeah, that left side's really, um, I guess, given Cleary's injury here, that left side of South's uh, attacking what you would think would be the next best team uh, defensively in, in terms of the Storm, uh, behind Penrith, that is. Uh, the Storm's right side, it has shown it can give up points. So if we do get down to a point back end of the year where it is the Rabbitohs up against the Storm, uh, maybe not as clear-cut a winner in that game as you'd expect it to be, uh, given the fact that Remus Smith and uh, George Jennings, as it is currently, would be lining up against Walker, uh, Gagai, Johnson and Latrell out the back. So keep an eye on that one uh, on the run home to the finals. 
Tommy, that's it for round 16. Of course, uh, our preview. Let's get into our trades now, our all-important trades, Super Trade Weekend. Tell us uh, if you can, if you can get this across, because I know it might be a little bit confusing here. We'll post all these at our Instagram as well. Uh, but tell us your trades. Uh, how many have you used and, I guess, the big names that are coming in round 16 and beyond? Yeah, well, I've used all five. I think I had two. I was counting the numbers for round 17. I only had seven players playing, and one of them was Ben Trevojevic. So it was looking pretty woeful next week. So I've had to make about three. Three of the five trades are with next week in mind. One of those is Nathan Cleary. I'm getting rid of him. Uh a million dollars sitting on my sideline for up to six weeks. <clears throat> it just wasn't gonna wasn't gonna work for me. I need the money, so I've uh, gone to Sean Johnson. As I kind of hinted to before, I just think the planets aligned for him over the next eight weeks. And if he can stay fit, he should get some good scores. Uh, Luciano Lua, I've gotten rid of him. I know we discussed him earlier, but I just think against South this week, they're not playing the buy round. I kind of just I I can't have him. I've gone to a cheap option in Jai Arrow getting a start this week against the Tigers in the second row and then also plays round 17 against the Cows. Uh, the other trade I made with round 17 in mind was just a cheapie. Will Penasini's gone for Tane Milne, looking to just get some money through him. He's playing the Tigers and the Cowboys the next two weeks. And then my two longer-term trades, uh, Dane Laurie has been a good servant of my team, but he is now gone for Latrell Mitchell. I'm just going to ride Latrell and Turbo through to the end of the year. And Ryan Matson is also gone for David Fafita. Yep, you've rung the changes there. And I think if you are going to do it, this is most certainly the week to obviously keep an eye on round 17, but set your team up for the run home as well. Uh, I've also pulled the trigger, used all five here. Uh, leaves me eight trades in the bank. So a little bit nervous about that. Didn't intend to trade Cleary, uh, but will be doing so like yourself, Tommy. Uh, that leaves me with, in the starting halves, uh, Sean Johnson in the number seven, uh, Cody Walker at six. But I've also brought in Cody Nikarima at the backup 5-8 slot. Of course, Johnson and Nikarima both playing uh, round 17, coincidentally against each other. So um, we'll be getting a run there. And that's, of course, not knowing what Cody Walker is doing in terms of uh, maybe making this origin side uh, when we didn't expect him to. Uh, elsewhere, though, Jeremy Marshall King comes in. Been really impressed with his base stats uh, at the expense of Connor Watson, of course. So I moved him on. Jared Warrior Hargraves is in for Tavita Pangai Jr. Uh, that suspension is just far too much. And I think Jared's been really good in the absence of uh, Lindsay Collins uh, since Lindsay went down. Otherwise, though, some names are going out, of course. Remus Smith and Josh Curran as well. Uh, Curran, again, another victim of the COVID situation. He's forced to isolate, so his value uh, for round 17 just isn't there. Originally intended to have three guns coming in this week and two nuffs. I had to balance that out a little bit and just brought in four playing players uh, for round 17 uh, and one nuff, Luca Moretti of the Roosters, uh, someone you've never heard of, but um, happy to have him there, dual position eligible, front row forward, and 2RF as well. Geez, that was a mouthful, Tommy, but we've got through it. Uh, round 16, of course, we're covering off here. And a little bit of news before we go. Um, Michael Chamis is reporting that Jack Whiten will likely partner Jerome Luai in the halves for the Blues in Game 3 and that there is absolutely no guarantee that uh, Nathan Cleary uh, will return after four weeks. So again, just on the back of those trades, we say there probably even more reason uh, to get rid of Cleary this week. Yeah, well, obviously it'll be very interesting to see who replaces Cleary. Whiten, I guess, is already in the squad and has played the first two games, so you think he does have a leg up there, but it's not really a... That means there's probably two special specialist sixes in Luai and Whiten, so 
people like Moses and Reynolds probably feel a bit hard done by there, but uh, interesting to see how it goes. And yeah, Nathan Cleary, if he's out for you know any more than four weeks, I think we're definitely correct in selling him. So uh, yeah, be interesting to watch this. Space. Plenty of news to finish off the podcast, just the way we like it. Uh, big thanks, Tommy, for joining us down the line, as we say. Uh, and between now and across the weekend, of course, you can stay in touch with us at our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter, at Supercoach365. Uh, we'll be back to chat all of the fallout from Round 16 and, again, all of our trade planning heading into Round 17. Uh, enjoy the weekend's footy. We'll speak to you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.